Good afternoon, everybody. Stephen Oshansky here with the State News Sports Podcast, welcoming you in on a Friday afternoon. And, you know, you're probably listening to this, you know, Friday, and some news dropped yesterday concerning our favorite league in America, the NFL. Casey and I have long discussed on the show how much we despise the NFL and maybe some of its teams and the way it goes about certain things. And perhaps they get a bad rap here and there, but a lot of it is justified. And uh, it's for reasons like this that happened yesterday. You know, I'm sitting there in the middle of class, and I get an alert on my phone from the Los Angeles Chargers. Now I'm wondering, they move a pro basketball team there, a D-League team? I didn't, you know, is this a new soccer venture they have going on? And then I remembered that the NFL is all about greed, and that these Los Angeles Chargers are the San Diego Chargers, and that those San Diego Chargers that used to call San Diego home are leaving San Diego, a place that loved them to death for 56 years, and they are sending them to Los Angeles to be the stepchild nobody wanted. It's when your parents get divorced and you have a big family and there's a one kid no one likes. You know, you're going to inherit him as a brother or a sister, and you you obviously, he's a, he's a piece of crap. You don't like him. He's annoying. He bugs you. Um, he's the kid that you go to school with. He eats the glue in the corner of the classroom. <laughs> right. No one loves him, and they're, he's, <laughs> no one loves him, and he's moving into the family. Um, you don't want him there. Yeah. He's I, annoying. Look, in Los Angeles, there's a hierarchy to football. And you know what that is, Casey? What? It goes USC, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Rams in a very distant third to the uh, Oakland Raiders. I put the Dodgers Pop up Warner, there, too. No, I'm t- I said a hierarchy of football. Oh, I'm Pay sorry. attention. Anyway, let me restart. There's a hierarchy in football. It's USC. Everybody loves USC, right? That That is the football of the state of California. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, I mean, they used to call LA home. Think about it. NWA. All that. The Raiders. Anyway, uh, the Rams are a very distant third because who the uh, hell cares about the Rams anymore? Definitely should have stayed in St. Louis where they were losing product anyway. Pop Warner football run by uh, Snoop Dogg is uh, probably higher up there. Uh, would be next on the list. High school football in Los Angeles. And then the San Diego Chargers. It, I'm going to interject right here. It goes the rest of the league and then Chargers at the bottom. <laughs> I, mean, I, wouldn't, I would not uh, If you would not If you take a look at the L.A. Times, I mean... You can look at their lead columnist. They wrote, you're basically not even welcomed here. They didn't want one NFL team in the first place talking about L.A., and now they have two. Well, they wanted one team, and it had always been the Raiders. Yeah. that's They didn't want the Rams. They didn't want the Chargers. And I don't necessarily blame the league, although they approved the move, because... Well, it's the, it's the rich get richer. Why would they not approve yeah. other rich people getting rich? Exactly. But it's I blame the ownership for this. Because it, I was reading into it. Well, yeah, it was all him. Like I said, it's about greed, man. Every, <laughs> everything in this league is about greed when yeah. it comes to ownership. The other 31 owners would have agreed to give him, I believe it was $650 million. The, the same exact price it was to move to the new stadium in L.A. that is still being built. The owners would have all chipped in, and they would have given him essentially a third of what it would cost to either make a new stadium or to renovate another one. And he decided to decline that offer and because he wanted to use public dollars. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, public, publicly funded stadiums are the worst idea 
because it takes away from so much of what a community could do. I mean, you're taking away from a school's budget, making public facilities, and it's it's dumb. It's for sports. It's for something that, in in the big scheme of things, doesn't make any kind of impact on society. And football games are eight weeks out of the year. Yes. And so you're only playing, or well, it's more than eight weeks, obviously, but it, you're only playing eight home games. And eight weeks out of the year, at the end of the year, isn't going to make up for a lot of potential losses that you incurred over the previous amount of year, <laughs> previous amount of what, 11 months or eight months before that? But good on the city of San Diego. I think for them, because the owner, since he wanted to use publicly funded money and for San Diego to go time and time and time again to just say no. Hmm. There's a lot of cities around here in this country that don't have the plums that San Diego really does, quite frankly. I mean, if your Detroit Lions, well, not yours, but (laughs) the Detroit Lions, if Martha Ford just said, give me... We want a new stadium. Yeah. (laughs) We want Ford Field 2.0. Oh, yeah. And it's going to cost just a small fortune of $800 million in public money. And if you don't do that, that I'm I'm just saying that that's the part that's going to be funded by the public. And it's if you don't public or if you don't fund it publicly, then we're out of here. We're we're out in Timbuktu. We're going to Omaha. And I don't I, I, I think that the people of Detroit, I think the city of Detroit would bend over. (laughs) <laughs> because they love their football that much. That's very true. I, I, you know, the the one thing that irks me and about their move and like I said was the greed is that you know we always look for what in life uh, authenticity, right? Yes. You look at you look at people. You you want to know if you can trust people if they're real if they're genuine. You want you want people to be genuine in a sense. That's what we look for. Um, you know, you you look at their character. Do they exude that kind of actually caring about? You know what they're doing, their work. What do they actually care about you when you're you're talking to them and things like that? And you know, one of the biggest compliments that I've ever received is, "Hey, Stephen, you're genuine. You know, you, you say what you mean, you mean what you say." And you know, looking at this, you, you can find you know authenticity in sports, but it's it's getting increasingly rare. Yeah, I mean, think about it. There's only a handful of you I can, can find you. it only in players in a sense, and it's only a handful. And like, think about Brett Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre is a down-home Southern boy who works very hard, and that's how he was on and off the field. I mean, look at him now. Um, you know, guys like Nicholas Drum or, or Calvin Johnson, and um, those guys are themselves on and off the field, and you don't find an, an authenticity in the front office. No, you don't. They're, they're there's business very people. little transparency between the public and the organizations. And it's something that I think is going to eventually come to a boiling point. I mean, there's going to be a point where they have enough of this. They don't want an organization where they go to for entertainment and it just either A, lies, or B, is just so deceitful to them and stabs them in the back. And people are going to have enough of it at one point. This is the sad part about sports is that it's always the fans who care more than the teams do. Think about it. If... I think what people were up in arms when Max Scherzer left Detroit, the Tigers for the Nationals, and people were like, well, he didn't say goodbye to the city or anything like that. And people were all up in arms until he finally put something in the paper. But it was mostly because he got publicly pressured to do it. Look, people always care about their players or um, their teams much more than teams or players will ever care about them. Think about it. Your heroes don't love you. 
No. No, you love your heroes, but Kelvin Johnson doesn't love you. And I want everybody to get that through their head, is that, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, the, those guys are genuine, things like that. Or These people don't love you on a personal level as much as you love them on one. Chris Bryant probably doesn't care about the average Chicago person. He probably doesn't even really care about the city Look, of they, Chicago, no matter they, what he says. Right. They care in, in a certain sense, but never as deep as you will. No. Because you're, you're from there. These people aren't. Most of the guys who, how many people you know play for their hometown professional team? It's very rare. Very little. Yes. And so they, they don't really care. They adopt the city and they'll work through it. And a lot of it's for their own image. Some of them do it. A lot of them, I would honestly say a lot of them do it out of the good of their own heart, but they will never love the city as much as you do. But, I mean, you, you kind of go back to it, talk about the ownership, you talk about the organizations as a whole. Hmm. I think there's, a, there's still a decent chunk of them that stay in the city that they reside in. Most because it's already made them money. There'd be exactly. no point in leaving. But think about how many of these expansions, think about how many of these teams in the 60s in the NFL or the 60s in any pro sport that have left, I, I that think are in new cities now. They, they will get up and move at the drop of the hat at money if they haven't already made money where they're at. And I, I, I was listening to something earlier, and they, they raised the point that if you're an original team from that league, so let's say you're the Red Wings, you're an original six team, it's a pretty good chance that you're probably cemented there forever. Right. It's you've because had, it's you've one had of the meccas success of that sport. There, yeah. Well, think about the Cleveland Browns leaving from Cleveland to Baltimore. These are, the Cleveland Browns now aren't the original Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Think about it. Like, they, they didn't win anything there. They had a deep tradition, and they didn't win anything. And business deal was to go win something somewhere else in Baltimore. And that's what happened. I'm sorry to block your train of thought, but where were oh, we at? No, you're fine. It's, it's just that... I think there's expansion teams that have a lot higher chance of leaving because they, they're not deeply rooted in the sport in, right. in that city right. than... A lot of them don't have deep traditions. You just throw them in someplace. Yeah. Like like Los Angeles, or not Los Angeles, Las Vegas hockey next year, in the coming years. They, the professional team, good on Las Vegas for providing a professional sport for the visitors that come there. No one lives there. Yeah. Um, what do you? That, there's no hockey tradition in Las Vegas. You have fun selling nothing. It, there are more kids that come into the NHL from the West Coast, but they live in California. They don't go to Las Vegas for fun. No one. You can't go to Las. You can't bring your family to Las Vegas to go watch a game. And, can you? <laughs> you can't. It's not a thing. It's so, It goes back to these owners. That, um, I'm finally glad someone stood up to, to some of the owners. But look, 56 years that the San Diego Chargers were there, and they they don't care. He only no. cares about the money. And look, and they're going it, to what? Spend the next two seasons in a 30,000-seat stadium. Yeah. Um, it's, I think this has been an absolute train wreck for the ownership of, well, now the L.A. Yeah. Chargers, because it's it's going to blow up in their face. I mean, I hope it does. It, look, like, I, They're you, unwanted there. Yeah. They they don't want the Chargers there. are no there. Chargers fans in Los Angeles. And you probably <laughs> never just been burned the best half of your fan base in San Diego. Right. I mean, there's always going to be that faithful... Part of Faithful the fan few. base yeah. that are that are going to follow the team no matter what, but I, I I almost see it as like San Diego was the kid at school that stood up to the bully, right? Because it's really one of the only cities that would have done that, and you know why? Because there's so many other things to do when you're out on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you spend three hundred dollars to go to an NFL game when you have a boat and you can spend the day out? On the, lake. on the coast. On a free beach. Yeah. And, I mean, 
it's a very interesting move because look, the Rams went back to Los Angeles went four and twelve this season. After all their hype and whatnot, you're going to put a losing team in the LA Coliseum that ran out of water in the opening weekend. Like Los Angeles can't sustain football. These people, I you, I wonder what goes through a lot of their heads. I mean, it's always for the money. It is. I mean, for look, the money. look, look, like think about like our generation. NFL games are declining in terms of revenue. They put games on Twitter now. Yeah. You and I can watch a Thursday night football game on Twitter, but and that's I don't. Because who wants and to I watch Thursday night football? Right. And that's, I mean, that, that's another task at hand, or that's a really another topic that we can yeah. explore. Millennials aren't date. watching as much college football, or much either of the NFL or college football. I don't think they're watching as much sports. That's true, because you can get it from Twitter now. Yeah, like if I, people if, watch, people like the certain big games, but how you watch a Tuesday night game with the let's just throw you watch the Pistons and Grizzlies on a Tuesday night game. And that's the nature of the you, league you there. I mean, right. nobody wants to watch regular season NBA, but it has to do with this whole ADHD society that we live in. Right. I mean, I want instant gratification. I don't want to sit two and a half hours they're gonna have for to find a minimum. A, they're going to find an interactive product now. I mean, of course, you and I, we're sports junkies. I mean, right. we, we love watching sports, so we were going to sit through a four and a half hour national championship, championship game. That's because we love football. But, <laughs> we love college football, I should say. But for the average layman who's just like, yeah, college football is kind of cool. Right. When it's one in the morning, they're I'm going to bed. Screw this. I don't care that much. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I just... I, you wonder, too, like, what goes through some of these heads, and you can definitely tell, but let me read you the mayor's statement of from Los Angeles and what he said about the Chargers getting there. Yeah, L.A. already has more visitors than ever before. Chargers will make our NFL tradition even richer and give sports fans everywhere one more reason to be in Los Angeles. I congratulate Dean Spanos and the entire Chargers organization and look forward to the extraordinary contributions they will make to our region. This, that doesn't even sound personal. No, that you could insert any sort of team in there. Yeah, that, they, that's they, a cookie they cutter. They don't care. <laughs> look, look, these mayors—they they probably don't give a crap. Look, no. they're gonna have to go great. We have to supply more police for more drunken football fans who are what they're gonna put. How? how I hope that thirty thousand seat stadium, Stubbs Hub Arena or whatever it's right. called. I hope it's only what. I hope they only reach ten thousand people, maybe. I hope that they don't even get enough people to fill the stadium. I hope they lose money for the next two years substantially. I hope that it's like a nearly a billion-dollar loss because that's what you get when you put profits over people. I don't know why you had to leave Los Angeles. The stadium wasn't in disarray. Look, in 10 San years Diego. from now. Yeah, or, yeah, San Diego. The stadium's not in disarray. If you needed a new stadium, come what? 10 years, 15 years from now because it's starting to crumble, that makes a lot of sense. And I get we want to keep up, and it's keeping up with the Joneses because, look, Michigan State installed three. They have three screens you can watch the game on, big screens, right? Three three jumbotrons. Do you need three jumbotrons in a football stadium? Maybe two because it's hard to see all the way across the field if it's really small. But Michigan State is a huge one. It's probably the size of the office. <laughs> I mean, look, think about that. There's... It's it's just about keeping up with everybody. You know, Michigan State's it's continuing to update Spartan Stadium. A lot of this is just going to be how can we outspend oh, the I next mean, person because you, we need to have the next biggest thing, and that's capitalism for you. And look, there are great things about. I'm not railing against capitalism. I'm not a socialist. Um, I love capitalism. We're going to get that out there. I don't want people. <laughs> we're some liberals college podcast. That's yeah. We didn't vote I, for Bernie here. I don't love worry. <laughs> capitalism. I'm think, not a socialist. I think Bernie Sanders was. You're uh, lucky like this isn't the Red Scare. Right. <laughs> yeah. You'd have just been. You'd have just had your whole career in it before it even started. Right. I mean, look. There are parts like this is all in arms race in a sense, and they want to have the next big and baddest thing. And 
Los Angeles happened to accept them. I don't like look like there's so much to do in Los Angeles. Why would you want to go watch the San Diego Chargers? In my mind, think about what you could do I mean, uh, in Los Angeles. We're gonna get to that logo in a second because I tweet After something break, out and I need. Yeah, course. exactly. What, what can you do in Los Angeles? You can star people watch, which is really weird to go tail around celebrities, and that's really weird. Um, but you can go to the Hollywood sign. Yeah. You can go and visit movie sets where they make movies. You, the entire you can go there. to the beach. You can go to the clubs. You can go see Jimmy Fallon, like or not Jimmy Fallon, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Like, he can do a bunch of other things that seem much better than watching the San Diego Chargers. I mean, granted, it's only Sundays, but maybe a couple of Thursdays. But why, in your right mind, would you want the San Diego Chargers to be in Los Angeles? Like, who the hell is going to grow up in San Diego as a little kid? Like, think about that. You and I grew up rooting for our sports heroes, sports teams and whatnot, right? Because we got them from our fathers, but also because they're local teams, right? Who in their right mind is going to grow up to be a San Diego Chargers fan? No, and I, I'm kind of. This might be apples to oranges here, but that would just be like, hey, do you hear Detroit has a new football team? Wow, that's really interesting. What are they? Oh, they just relocated from San Diego. It's the Detroit Ooh, Chargers. Yeah, like, sick, bro. Yeah, <laughs> guess how many people are gonna show up? I might go to one. I probably wouldn't even go to one no. to check it out. You, you get the slappies that will go because, oh, my God, exciting, new, oh, wow, shiny, wow, but you, great. If you think you can keep up a consistent attendance base, the, right. you're you're simply just mistaking yourself. Yeah. Oh, do you imagine, could you imagine how heartbroken the Green Bay Packers, it's probably a good thing that the Green Bay Packers are a publicly held team. Yo. Because I think I think if they ever if, lost their football team there, there'd be riots. I you you you're not wrong. I think they probably pour a bunch of oil into Lake Michigan and then burn the lake. <laughs> that would just be like if the Chicago Cubs just up and left Chicago. Oh my God! Don't say or that. Or the Yankees just up and left. Right. I mean that wouldn't make any sense, right? No. So I don't I don't get why the if Chargers. It, if had it ain't to broke, leave. don't fix it. And the San Diego Chargers weren't broke. Right. Exactly. It's just they have a greedy owner, a stupid owner, yeah. and it's going to blow up in his face. And I hope it does. And I hope they, I hope they're the last team in the league every year. I hope they never draft. I hope they draft well every year, as in they get the number one pick and then they still suck. Even behind like the, the Edmonton Lions. Oilers. But when we come back, we're still not done talking about this because we got to talk about their god awful logo. Welcome back, everybody, on a Friday afternoon here in East Lansing. Steven, I don't know about you, but I was I, I liked to draw when I was a little kid. Um, I, and I was a really big fan of Major League Baseball. I, I had a poster of all 30 teams. I had little miniature batting helmets. And uh, in my free time uh, that I had there, I would draw like my own personalized logos for each team. And uh, after seeing the reveal of the San Diego Chargers... Um, or LA Chargers new new uh, new logo it it almost looks like something that was done in a contest you know that you go around to different elementary schools around the area and you submit for a chance to you know get right. get your artwork out there and uh, that that's exactly what the LA Chargers new logo is it looks like the Dodgers logo if you haven't seen it, look mm-hmm. it up. It's it's very it's literally the exact same colors, Dodger blue and white. 
except for it's got a little squiggly mark, like like a. It doesn't even look like a trail looks, of lightning. It, it, it just looks, looks like, like you, you, like Michael J. Fox drew it. Oh, oh, I was gonna say it looks. Oh my god, it looks like it looks like someone was trying to draw the logo and spilled coffee on their lap. And they had to. <laughs> it, it almost looks like a polygraph. Like. It does. Oh yeah, we didn't move the team because uh, money. No, <laughs> polygraph, it, it, and it just goes to show you how much effort they put into all the uh, all the linguistics of it, like everything that you know. If, if you wanted to revamp the logo, which I actually like the San Diego Chargers logo, I thought it was a pretty cool one. I, I like seeing it on the helmets. What are you gonna put on that? That stupid script LA on it now? That's <laughs> yeah. dumb. I I don't you know like why couldn't they've kept blue and and yellow? Yeah. Why couldn't they have stayed that? They're gonna be the. It's not Pittsburgh where you if you moved a sports team there you'd have to be black and gold. <laughs> you don't have to be Dodger blue. I, I wonder if they're Surprise gonna get a new fight go, song now. Oh yeah, but they, is it gonna be a new spin on gonna, the seventies uh, retro? Gonna so, it's gonna be some. It's gonna be the same song, and someone's gonna have dubbed over Los Angeles in it. It's gonna be a poorly done too, so it'll be like, yeah, what, how does it go again? It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just play it for the people. You know what I would really like to see, like a like a either a dubstep, like a like an electric oh, dance no. music version, or like a like a trap, like just trap gangster version. rap, just Jeez. that version of the San Diego Superchargers. You, you know, you know how they did the uh, LSU football is back. Oh, football is back. <laughs> yeah, if, if they did something like that. Right. No, but like, I mean, you listen to it. What are they gonna do? It's gonna be a poorly edited version where the guy will be like Los Angeles. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Every time it says San Diego, it's just uh, like a, like a the computer like auto tune voice, like the like Siri voice. Oh yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, something like that. Like, come on. Um, but yeah, I got the logos. Los Angeles Superchargers. It's <laughs> just uh, you, you know, stupid things happen in sports. And watch this team will like make the the Super Bowl, and I'll get really salty and need an USC over Penn State comeback and. I well, hope that day never comes. Well, uh, I, I I think it's safe to say I think the Chargers uh, are going to be down in the dumps for a while. I don't, they had a pretty bad year this year. I don't see them getting any better in the foreseeable future. Um, but there is a team that is on the rise. Just had an upset win, and upset we'll tell win. you a little bit more about that when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, Stephen was on my back after I called it an upset win. I guess we're going to talk about that first before oh, yeah, uh, we really get into it. But uh, I'll catch you guys up to speed. Michigan State men's basketball, they beat Minnesota um, number 24 in the country on Wednesday night. That that was a final. They held Minnesota to 33.3% from the field. Um, I call it an upset because Michigan State was unranked and Minnesota was ranked. Um, Steven, though, has has a different case. Uh, yeah, very much so. Look, you can have rate, unranked teams beat ranked teams. I guess Northeastern was an upset. Uh, in terms of, you got to look at the pedigree of these, what, 
Be able to look at the pedigree of these programs. Minnesota's been a good Big Ten team for the past couple of years. Michigan State always been one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Um, did that game last night? I didn't think like for being upset, there has to be a team that's so athletically much better than the other ones that you would just expect them to get blown out, right? Like Middle Tennessee State, like Michigan State last year was the much better team, and they will win nine out of ten times in that one. Just didn't happen to be that day. Look, Michigan State had the better athletes last year, the better whatever. Minnesota doesn't have substantially better athletes than Michigan State does. Just because they're ranked, what are they ranked, 23rd? 24th. Right. 24th? Like, that's on the cusp of not being ranked. It's not like they uh, It's not like they destroyed a, um, a Duke or a Kansas or Villanova. or. Look, I, it, to me, like, you'd ha- to be that upset, Michigan State would have to be 500 and playing awful for that one to be an upset. But you look at the pedigree of the programs, and that's not really an upset. So you're you're stingy. You think that the word Just because upset is used too loosely. Uh, very much so. Everybody uses that way too loosely a lot. Okay. Well, uh, I I see where you're coming from. Um, I I still think if you look up and down the lineups, I think Minnesota is a more athletic team. I don't. Ooh, I wouldn't I don't use the term vastly. Come on, you know, put the, the the freshmen on Michigan State team are better than half of Minnesota's players. Well, I, hindsight is twenty twenty. You hindsight, see that now. Well, I I could have told you that before I the mean, season. It, if you said which team is more likely to get a win over Purdue, I would go with Minnesota because I mean one they already have with the way they're playing, perhaps. Well, I don't th- not, I, not after Wednesday. I can no. tell you that 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 game. Was, I don't think that's an upset though. I mean, look, Michigan State and Minnesota had already played earlier once in the year and kept it very close. Michigan State banged away the win at the end. Yeah, I, I mean, I, to me, it doesn't it, seem like I an mean, upset. Just for Michigan because they're ranked two and not two, ranked, I guess. It really, it was a quasi upset. Let's right. let's agree to disagree. Uh, yeah, that's it was fine. a very very minuscule. I wouldn't upset. call it upset. Did the, it was a, did the it headline was a good win say for upset? The team. Did the headline say upset? Um, I, I didn't hope write the it headline. didn't because I will be upset. I didn't write with the game headlines either. for another time this year <laughs> if that's the case. Um, oh boy. Well, we'll agree to disagree. It was a good win for the team. A a good win for a fighting Michigan State basketball team. Now they're four and one in the Big Ten. They're they're on top. Uh, they're they're looking at Ohio State on Sunday, and I think the most important thing is, and Tom Izzo he he mentioned it too, is that they have to keep being consistent. Um, I you look good through the first three games of Big Ten play, then you get smacked in the mouth by by Penn State, and then you go out and do this. I mean. <laughs> You're hot and you're cold. You're yes and you're no. I mean, you're Katy Perry. Come oh, on. I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> if you're gonna be something, pick and choose. I mean, don't just say, "Oh, well, I'm 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 going against Penn State. I don't got to try that hard." No, that's not gonna cut it. Um, and I, I think if you're gonna go out there and this is gonna be a big game against Ohio State because Ohio State is struggling right now. And if you're gonna go on the road and if you're gonna let Ohio State just dominate you, it, it tells you what kind of team that you have. Um, they they've been pretty adamant when you talk to them. Um, you can probably talk to any anybody on that team, and they'll tell you that they've been really trying to stress getting out of the gate early and trying to get out to an early lead. And that's kind of been the thing that has been preventing them to be such a great team. I mean, that's what happened against Penn State. Even Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers. I mean, it it goes to show that they were the more the Rutgers wasn't as good as a team as Michigan State because. Obviously, look at the score. It was a thirty-point win, but Rutgers even got out to a like a ten to two lead, and 
Izzo said, if that was a better team in the conference, in the country, you don't come away with a win. And so I, that's just how I see it. I think if you're going to be consistent, you, you got to get to doing it now. I mean, you're, you're getting into the heart of Big Ten play. Um, Steven, I don't know if you want to add anything. I mean, this team to me always seemed like it, they just needed to rebound one from the schedule and two from injuries. Langford came into the season a little hobbled, right? Nick Ward is still figuring things out. Miles Bridges, as great as he is, he's still got to adapt to college he's, ball. He's not then, a superhuman. And then he got and he got injured. Like this team right now should maybe have four losses at the most um, instead of the six. They should be. Is it six or seven now? It's six. That's what I thought. Um, they, the, yeah, the loss to Penn State and I would say the loss to Northeastern are both win both games that they should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, but even against Penn State, I mean, Penn State's a they, good team. They should have won the Arizona game. They also should have won against Arizona. In fact, let's trade though, because I Penn State was clearly the better team um, in terms of preparedness. Mm-hmm. And they were playing in Philly with their Philly six, and MSU walked into a road game thinking that they were going to. They were too casual. There's yeah, they're just going to cash in a, a blank check. Yeah, and that didn't happen. And so, kind of breaking down yesterday's game or Wednesday's game rather. Um, I liked what I saw from Josh Langford. I write, I wrote my secondary on it. Uh, go on State plug. News and read it. Plug. Um, Shameless plug. But uh, he's really starting to turn it on. He's figuring it out on offense. He's doing all the right things on defense, all the small things. Um, he, he's blocking the shooters. He's getting rebounds. And it, it's a really big sign of growth for Josh Langford. Uh, Miles Bridges, he's inching his way back to his 100% health. Um, Izzo said that he's still probably at about 70%. Um, and he he was good against Minnesota in the first half. He was, wasn't really there in the second half because um, he scored all 16 of his points in the first 20 minutes. Um, but I think a big thing for this team going down the road is going to be the senior leadership. I mean, Tom Tom has stepped up, and he's really kind of retaken the starting point guard position hmm. but i don't like what i've been seeing out of aaron harris i mean you to to be a fifth year senior to be one of the guys on this team see uh um <laughs> it, to put up eight points in your last few contests i, t- I tom Izzo has probably told tom him Izzo a bunch of times past him yeah the game plan is not aaron harris anymore yeah. it was beginning in the beginning of the year and when you don't come through see ya I mean, that's, that's the nature of college sports. If you're going to get you know, a fifth-year senior and you're not going to contribute like a five-star um, freshman forward, and see ya. There's the Good rise luck. of Josh Langford. Right. Um, he's always been – Josh Langford is going to be good because he's a basketball basketball guy. Yeah. Think about I it. mean, if you look at him, just the way he carries himself on the court, the way he – even the way like he pulls up his shorts, he looks like an old-time basketball player. And that's how he plays. And it's very good. <laughs> and um, I remember because I watched him yesterday, and I was when I was watching it from uh, when I was eating at, uh, at late night last night. And I was ooh. watching it, and it was the second half? He's in the late first half of the second half, and he got the ball, pulled off, uh, pulled the defender off, stepped back, and just drained a shot. Yeah. And I was like, that's where's that been? That's what I'm talking and about. And I'm like, that's here he the, comes. That's the progression that he's made from the start of the season. I, I mean, I told you that little story about how he was moping at practice. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. do that anymore. He's 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 very much 
conscious in his head. Like mm. if you get in his head, he's he's a little bit fragile, and that's gonna get better in time. Oh yeah. But that's the Izzo effect. Here. Yeah. I and he talked about it. he he said his dad was in town for yesterday's game or Wednesday's mm. game, um, and his dad just kind of talked to him about the progression that he's made since he's left because he's from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a huge difference. No, I bet. And it's it's only going to get better. Um, I also want to talk about Nick Ward for a second. I think Minnesota knew coming out of the gate that they kind of had to get rid of <laughs> Nick Ward. <laughs> um, Steven looks like he's hungry over there. Uh, <laughs> tried to eat the mic. Yeah. Um, and Nick Ward, they, they tried to take him out of the equation, and they did a pretty good job of it. But MSU had more weapons. Um because Nick Ward was a difference maker in game one. Uh, Steven doesn't know because he didn't watch the second half. I did half. watch the game. <laughs> no, the second half of like, the, the game. The, and... I watched the last five minutes. Okay. You, you stop that. Don't yeah. slander me. All right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Minnesota, that's what they were going to do. And Nick Ward, he fouled out, and it was, it was kind of a sloppy play. He, he still put up almost 10. Um, but that that goes to show you the versatility. Even Kenny Goins is turning it on. Um, he got nine rebounds, eight points, and for for Kenny Goins, I, that's big play for him. I, I you don't expect Kenny Goins to put up fifteen a game, get you a double double a game, and for him to put up those types of numbers are big. Anything else you want to add, Stephen? No, I think that pretty much does our show today. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, remember to check us out on all of these social mediums. Uh, Steven's going to have a great, great weekend. Um, I'll, I'll see you guys in Columbus. Um, anything else, Steven? No. Uh, everybody have a safe and enjoyable weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. Yes. Yeah.